This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. (laughs) Through the practices of yoga and Ayurveda, we are taught that, in the simplest terms available, the key to everything is balance. Whether it be through the balance of effort and ease, the grounding of our physical and energetic bodies, the balance of the natural elements within and around us, and even the idea of work-life balance opens the door to everything else we are looking to achieve. It could not be a simpler concept. A healthy balance within body, heart, mind, and spirit allows us to create more clearly, day by day, our best possible life, whatever that may look like. Valeria Telles interviews Vernette V. Ayers, the author of The Healing Journey, A Guide to Self-Discovery. Vernette V. Ayers is a teacher, writer, and life coach who guides those seeking a better quality of life through the practices of yoga, Ayurveda, pranayama, and meditation. She promotes an intuitive and highly individualized approach to health and wellness through daily practices that support self-healing. V's passion for empowering others to live their best life is at the core of every class, workshop, conversation, and piece of writing she facilitates and produces. V is registered with Yoga Alliance as an ERYT200, RYT500, and YACEP. Meet V at healthylivingbyv.com. Here's the interview with Fernette V. Ayers. In your own words, who am I speaking with today? My name is Vernette V. Ayers. I am a first-generation Filipina-American. I am a teacher. I teach yoga, um, basics of Ayurveda, uh, pranayama, breathing exercises, meditation. I'm also a writer of those same topics. And my classes and workshops have evolved to uh, one-on-one life coaching with clients. And again, using the same tools and resources of yoga philosophy, um, Ayurvedic principles, and all of that has evolved to um, becoming the author of The Healing Journey, A Guide to Self-Discovery. What is the purpose of the human experience? I really believe that the human experience is 
about living our lives as fully as we can possibly live them, about being the best version of ourselves that we can possibly be. I think that we can only do that by being able to experience whatever comes our way to the extent that we are fully aware and awake through them and learn from them as best we can and allow ourselves to evolve with that process, grow with whatever reveals itself to us. I think that when things are difficult, when we feel transitions, when we feel as if we are unsure of what's happening or what's to come, I've grown to really appreciate those experiences because that often means that there is growth happening. There is something happening and it's really difficult to be fully aware of what that could be if we focus on the things that distract us from day to day. One of the themes that comes up quite a bit in my classes and workshops is being able to not waste any of our energy on judging an experience, judging what comes up within our ourselves. Being able to live without second-guessing everything and letting go of the shoulds and what-ifs and if-onlys and um, supposed-tos. I think the human experience can be that much more evolved if we can let go of the things that we've kind of been taught to believe about ourselves, about the world, and instead try to live so fully that we own our own truths and figure what, out what those are because it's going to be unique to each of us. And if we're here, we must be here for a reason. So why not? Why not just try to be the best possible version of ourselves that we can be once we become aware and once we allow ourselves to let go of the expectations or the the past or things that we don't have to carry with us forward anymore. At this time, what is the purpose of your life? The purpose of my life, I think I wake up every day just trying to be true to that and be that present to be able to say from a humble place, I don't know, I can't know like in my mind. I can't know for certain such big questions. So what I can do is just do the best I can each day. And right now, what's pulling me is just to help people. If I'm meant to, if that's what I'm supposed to do, help me do that in the best ways possible. For me personally, 
I listen to that voice. I listen to that, to those things that compel me. And I know when I get excited about something, when I am talking to someone and I feel drawn to a conversation, when I bring something up in a class or a workshop, I've come to a place where I, I feel very in tune with my intuition and my instincts and I listen to them. So every day I just try to figure that out. And, and that doesn't mean that I don't get scared and, um, quite the opposite, right? It's none of this, um, that we talk about, um, being able to connect with a higher purpose is about going through life feeling completely confident and comfortable. It's the opposite. Um, yoga teaches us to be present. It teaches us how to listen, to be fully aware, to let go of judgment so that we can take whatever comes our way the the best way that we can and and also to be able to observe what are my habits what are my um, thought processes and are they helping me and if they're not be able to kind of adjust and adapt and shift from there and so sometimes it's if something is scary um, I will go back to the meditations like I write in my book the healing journey um, and just come back to a grounded place of, okay, if I'm supposed to do it, let's do it. Let me help. Thank you for guiding me and for helping me be, be my best, do my best. Um, and sometimes things are so scary that it feels painful or um, it's really, you know, feeling anxious is kind of part of the process. And and even in writing this book or working with my students and my clients, I've, I've had moments where I become afraid and I think, oh gosh, am I really supposed to be doing this? <laughs> is this? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? And, and just kind of ask and, and pray for that space of, if I'm not supposed to be doing this, let's move on. Help me move on. Help me let this go so I can move on. And then what invariably happens when we come from a sincere, authentic place, you can get your answers right away. And that is what it has felt like. Um, as soon as I start to um, question and wonder and allow myself to let go of whatever anything is supposed to look like um, and just trust that I am doing what I'm supposed to do, uh, I, I get the answers right away. And, and in one way or another, I'm reminded, yes, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Just keep going. Just keep going. Um, and it has taken a long time and a lot of work to get here. But being able to be here in that space of, of trust and open communication with myself and my spirit and um, flow that smoothly it's constant. It's a, it's constant effort. It's constant work. And it just, over time, it becomes less and less of a conscious effort and becomes more of a second nature. What are some of the greatest misconceptions about happiness, in your opinion? 
Thank you for this question. I, I really like um, this question because of the barrier that our misconceptions about happiness can create for so many people. I think one of the first things that I work with with students and clients who come to me um, about easing suffering or dealing with trauma or handling major life events is that we think our uh, a state of happiness means a lack of pain, a lack of discomfort, a lack of or the absence of um, worry and anxiety and fear. And a lot of times in the very beginning, that's the conversation that I'm having with people is rather than expect rainbows and lollipops all the time, rather than looking for some ideal that doesn't exist. Um, again, going back to the human experience, if our experience is meant to be the best possible versions of ourselves, that means living fully, not just being alive for feeling good and feeling happy. Instead, being able to recognize that true happiness is being um, complete, whole human beings, being our whole selves, and in being able to be present regardless of what's happening, what regardless of what life looks like, what we look like, what we're dealing with, and instead pull replacing the mindset of of judgments and the perceptions that things have to look or be a certain way in order for us to experience joy, experience happiness, um, experience the perception of gratitude and owning what we can in each present moment. That misconception that happiness has to look a certain way or means no, no discomfort at all. Again, this is why I've um, gravitated so much to teaching yoga as much as I can. And, and when I, when I talk about teaching yoga, I talk about it so often, not just on the mat, but in our lives, taking what we learn through our yoga practice on the mat into our daily life means being able to breathe through whatever we're experiencing, being able to stay calm and steady and observe when things come up. The ability to feel our feelings, all of them, experience life through anything that comes up. It's it's us who's responsible for our own energy and how we receive those experiences, how we choose to perceive them, how we choose to respond to them. And that to me is a great barrier to happiness when we are chasing some ideal that maybe at some point we've been taught when things look this way, when I look this way, when I live this way, when this is in my life, when this happens, etc., etc., then that's a good life. Then that's happiness. Then I've achieved the goal. And instead of looking for something that doesn't exist, 
Happiness is actually the ability to be present with what we have now and recognizing the energy that we are using and what we're using it for rather than letting ourselves be distracted by the what ifs, by the shoulds, by the expectations, by the judgments of ourselves or other people. And that I think is the core of every class I teach, the foundation of my workshops and one-on-one sessions and the purpose of the book. The healing journey is not about chasing something that we think we should have. It is about how can I best be present? How can I be here right now? How can I be a better version of myself and fully experience life, fully live, fully be who I am and who I am meant to be right now. What is healing to you? Healing to me is the process of all of this that we're talking about. Being able to ground ourselves and become fully aware of who we are now. What What is it about me now that I've created to come to this point in my life? When I started this journey uh, finding yoga, I was in a place where I kind of looked around and thought, what am I doing? <laughs> uh, I, I had that moment of the decisions I was making on a regular basis, the relationships, um, not just romantic, but, you know, relationships with friends, family, associates. Um, in general, I was just, n- feeling lost and like I didn't understand how I had gotten to this point. But what I had, what was clear was that every decision I had made up until that point must have gotten me there because who else? I mean, there's one common denominator in our lives. It's us, right? And what I started to do was just shift kind of everything that I was doing up until that point. I made different decisions. Um, whatever my habits were, I just tried to do the opposite because I felt like, well, clearly if, if the way I'd been living my life up until that point, um, got me there and I'm unsatisfied with the life that I'm living, then maybe try something different. And so one of the things I chose to do was randomly take um, a meditation class and a yoga class. And I'm so lucky to have been connected with my first yoga teacher, Monique Johnson, um, because that first uh, meditation workshop with her and introduction. It was like a 15 minute introduction to yoga. It was so eye opening because again, I was coming into a place where clearly I wanted to heal. Um, I just didn't know it. And I was being pulled into this direction that was the constant thing was, I don't know what this is about, but I'm feeling compelled to explore it. And um, we're still friends today. And it just 
snowballed from there. But healing to me is exactly that. Can we be present enough to recognize that there might be something within our lives that uh, may need a shift, that we might want um, something more from, and find the things that work and try the things that work, allow ourselves to explore different tools, different resources, different philosophies, different principles, um, have conversations. And, and all of those things serve to just get to know ourselves better so that we can be present enough to then oh, become aware of our habits so that if they're not supporting us, if they're not helping us to change them, to create new habits that are supportive, to shift the direction that we're in if for any reason we feel unsatisfied or um, unhappy or unsupported or whatever it is, being able to process discomfort was the greatest step towards healing for me because learning that process through the practices and philosophy of yoga that opened the door to so many more tools and so many more resources and so many more practices that I really I can't help but talk about it over and over again. So healing to me is everything that I've compiled together in the healing journey. It is about discovering ourselves. It is about being true to ourselves and being able to evolve and grow and learn from the experiences we have so that we can direct our path in in that place of love and compassion and kindness and that that is how we change the world if we can start with ourselves we can heal ourselves we can help heal from our small communities and even beyond what is your understanding and idea of love? My understanding of love is that it is at the core of who we are as human beings, that it is what we are meant to be and how we are meant to live in this world. My idea of love is that it is what connects us. It is what guides us. It is even synonymous with spirit to me, meaning there's so, it, it encompasses so much more than just, I, I think, what we've been taught in words, that what we've been taught in media even and and maybe even within our own families that I think it's so much bigger I think it really is a fundamental piece to us living out our human experience like we talked about earlier that if we always come from a place of love then we can practice this journey of healing in order for us to be our authentic self in order for us to be still enough to be present 
in order for us to fully hold space for ourselves or anyone else, if we're not coming from a place of love, we won't be able to fully do it. The, the concept of self-care, the concept of compassion, the concept of kindness, if it's not coming from a place of love, I don't think we can fully express any of those things. If we think about it, if we couldn't access or completely own a, uh, a foundation of self-love, then nothing else can really follow that. All of these practices, all of these resources, all of these tools that I talk about and write about and teach, it all starts with love. It all starts with having enough loving kindness and compassion for ourselves to be able to say, I'm worthy of this space. I'm worthy of this time. I'm worthy of this attention and not look for it outside of ourselves. When we can truly own our ability to love and love ourselves fully, then we actually have the ability to share that with others. And I think, I think as humans, you know, before we start to really learn this way of living, this potential of living and loving fully, we're kind of taught to look for things that resemble love outside of ourselves, right? Through people, through experiences, through status, through, you know, other things. But again, if we're looking for things outside of ourselves and not healing who we are and not being present in who we are, then they're just illusions anyway. So to me, the understand, my understanding of love is that it is at the core who we are if we are trying to live our best lives, if we are, if our true goal is to be as authentic and express ourselves in the most fully, um, genuine, sincere version of who we are, that, that is, that is how I view love and that is how I view truly who we are all meant to be. What is inner peace to you? So inner peace to me is the consistent practice of everything that we've been talking about. Um, the idea of practicing self-love, self-care, self-acceptance on a regular basis. Uh, again, it, it, the idea of peace, rather than thinking of it as something that we need to achieve that's down the road, that when this happens or when it looks a certain way, then I'll have peace or feel peace. Instead, it's being able to be as present as we possibly can be and constantly working through whatever comes up in a loving, caring, compassionate, kind way. Um, we will have been able to not just feel peace within ourselves and maintain it, but when things happen, when things become less um, smooth, right? It's, it's not a matter of if it's, it's going, it's a matter of when it, things will happen. And 
if we can stay, and this is part of Ayurvedic principles of, of daily practices, daily routine and self-healing, it's, it's the practice of being able to stay as reduced stress and stay as calm and steady and balanced as we can possibly be from day to day because we know that something will happen along the way that will cause stress, that will be maybe less desirable, maybe um, a difficult situation, a difficult relationship, something. Can we stay as calm and protect our energy and have the boundaries that we need to stay steady so that when things happen, it won't throw us off as much? That doesn't mean it's not going to be painful. That doesn't mean it's not going to be difficult. But we will be better prepared to handle things if we can stay calm and maintain the use of our energy in the, in the places where we can stay fully energized. Can we invest ourselves in the people and places and relationships and, and the work that we do in those that energize us versus those that drain us. And it's going to be different for everyone. It's going to look differently for everyone. And so inner peace is a, is that ability to, to be that aware, fully aware of how we use our energy and using that energy to practice self-love, to practice self-care, to practice self-acceptance and be grounded through that consistent practice. What is to be spiritual and what is spirituality? So this is actually a chapter in my book, The Healing Journey. Spirituality to me is simply that ability to be humble enough to say, I am not the um, be all end all. There is something greater than who I am on this earth in this lifetime. Um, I am doing my best, but I just don't know what's around the corner. And so the ability to recognize that there is a greater force, a greater energy, the universe, God, Jesus, Allah, whatever we use to embody that force um, whatever title we choose to use, I, I personally don't think it matters as long as it's meaningful to us. One of the things that brought me down this path was the idea that there are people who are wrong for thinking a certain way or believing a certain thing and I feel an aversion to cutting anyone out or being, um, believing in anything that, that says, um, I am right and everyone else is wrong. I, I, I teach from a place where I am as open and encouraging as possible for everyone so that everyone feels safe, so that everyone feels like they can be truly who they are and who they um, are able to express themselves to be. And if we get stuck in the uh, the judgments of what spiritu spirituality or um, 
you know, any other philosophy or belief is to one person versus another, then we, we just stay there and we just can, you know, that's fine. Some, some people might want to do that and, and can. That's never been what I've, um, wanted to do with my time. Rather, I, I would like to open up, um, the way people see things at least enough to, um, come from a humble place to say, you know, we don't know. I don't know. I, I can't know. So what I can do is again, through this practice of, of, tr- of just the intention of being the best possible version of myself that I can be means that the, the, uh, the lessons, the teaching, the philosophy, the principles, the, um, practices that I share with others, it's more about opening them up to the potential, to possibility, to growth, to, to, to seeing what works. And there are so many things in the world that we can be exposed to, that we can explore. So why not try, see what works, feel it, feel your way through some of these um, tools, some of these resources, some of these practices. We are going to be called and compelled to do some things more than others. We're going to feel it as we develop our intuition and we develop our connection with our own spirituality, um, if we're willing to, if we're interested in that, in that kind of growth, then we'll be able to feel our energy shift when we're doing something we're meant to be doing, or we'll feel it when we're in a direction that doesn't feel quite right for some reason and not waste our time overthinking it, but instead be able to adjust and adapt and say, okay, there's something here. I don't know what it is. And yes, it's scary or maybe not, you know, whatever, whatever we're feeling, whatever we're exploring and really truly be able to explore from an authentic, from a humble, from again, a loving, caring, supportive place. So, why did you choose to do what you do? I I really do try to be present enough to pay attention to my intuition, to the the things that I'm supposed to be investing my energy into, the people, the whatever it is I'm supposed to do. And I am I just feel so compelled to make myself available when there are teaching opportunities, when there are people who are in my space that I can hold space for, that are wanting anything that I have to offer. And I mentioned that sometimes it's scary and sometimes we don't know if we're supposed to be doing something, especially when we feel anxious or when we feel scared. And so this concept of, of, um, teaching and writing and, um, publishing a book, all of it has been about me just trying to be as present as possible and continually working with my, through my, my own spirituality and my relationship with God to say, 
all right, I'm, I'm doing this if I'm meant to do this. And, and if not, I'm okay with that. Just whatever, whatever I'm supposed to do, just help me do it. Whatever I'm supposed to do, help me do my best. Thank you for helping me do my best. Whatever that's supposed to be. <laughs> whatever it's, this, this life is supposed to look like. And constantly asking that question. I couldn't have told you this, you know, in college or any other time before I started to teach right up until actually being in front of a group of students and teaching yoga, I didn't think I wanted to be a teacher. And it was one of those things that I fell in love with. And I, again, felt so compelled to do more and more, um, no matter how scary, no matter how, you know, um, how not confident I felt. And it is just how life works, I believe, how our human experience is meant to be. If it felt easy and comfortable to do anything all the time in our lives, if it did feel like rainbows and lollipops, we wouldn't grow, we wouldn't get better, we wouldn't have anything to offer anyone else. We wouldn't be able to evolve, we wouldn't be able to strengthen, we wouldn't develop resilience, we wouldn't be any greater than we are. So I've kind of grown to appreciate the the discomfort, appreciate the difficulty, and and I've trained myself to use these tools of, oh, something's happening here because I'm really kind of freaking out or um, just respond to life differently to be able to say, hey, I don't know what this is going to be. I don't know what this is going to turn into. I don't know if this is what I um, should be doing, but I'm going to invest all of my energy in believing that whatever I, I am supposed to do, I will do it. And however it's supposed to come out, it will come out that way. And just continuously grounding myself in full awareness and the ability to be honest with myself and everyone around me to just be as authentic as I can possibly be. That is how we can choose to do what we do from day to day. And that is still what I do from day to day, just doing my best and just trying to figure things out from, from moment to moment, from a place of, of kindness for myself as, as, as a human being. How did you become a writer? Writing was actually something I've always done. And by always, I, I mean, since I was a kid and as long as I can remember, my dad was actually the first person to acknowledge that there was any talent there. I, I don't think I realized it before he mentioned something, but when I was maybe in elementary school, I don't know if it's elementary, maybe middle school, I'm not sure. But I remember him reading one of my very short little essays or something I wrote, maybe on dinosaurs or something like that. I remember him kind of stopping and saying, wow, 
that's really good. And, and I remember him saying it in a way that like he was really impressed and proud. And my dad was a very loving person, kind and funny. And we lost him very early. Um, he was only in his early fifties and, and I was still a teenager, still young. So, um, my memories of him aren't, uh, as many as I would like, but that is obviously a very powerful, powerful memory for me because I, I hadn't thought about my ability to write it un- until he said something. So it, it grew with me. Um, you know, I, I had always written and enjoyed writing and I, I enjoy words and I, I love, the ability to express ourselves with kind of uh, melodic, colorful words and prose. And it's, it's something that I think for a long time, I did feel like I would write something that I would publish, that I would actually write a book much of my life um, because of the kind of difficulty I experienced to get here. You know, all of it has been part of who I am now. So all of the pain and discomfort of life up until, up until today helped inform me. And basically I never stopped writing, but the idea of writing a book came and went for so many reasons. I didn't know if I would have um, anything to write about. So, um, when, when I did it, it was a very natural thing, um, to shift from my blog, which is a, you know, personal health and wellness, um, anecdotal blog on healthy living by V.com into writing the healing journey. So, um, it was a natural, natural evolution since I, I felt like I've, I feel like I've always been a writer. What was the inspiration, intention, and purpose of writing your book? Uh, yeah, The Healing Journey, um, A Guide to Self-Discovery, <laughs> uh, really came about organically through the pandemic. I was teaching on a regular basis at a couple of yoga studios in San Antonio. And like the rest of the world, when everything shut down and and we weren't able to hold classes or yoga teacher training in person, everything shifted to online. And we all learned very quickly the the space of Zoom. through that process, some of my regular students continued to practice with me. Um, the most important thing for me was to not disappear on on um, any of my students. I, I wanted to stay available. I didn't want to lose anyone if they wanted me, if they needed practice, if if they needed me to be present. I wanted to make sure that I was available, so I didn't miss a day. Um, I went straight from, okay, studios are closed. I've figured out Zoom. The next day, I, I kept the days that I usually teach and just said, if you still want class on the same day that you're used to at the same time, this is the Zoom link. And um, 
that has still continued through today. As I worked with everyone in this more intimate space and got to know them on such a deeper level because we did have so much more flexibility to talk and connect. And, you know, when I teach yoga, I, I talk a lot, <laughs> um, but I do bring a lot of, I, I suppose, life lessons that, that for some reason I am, I feel moved to share with them. And it, it gave them a chance to kind of connect with me more about the stuff that they were going through. And then again, we're all going through some, something so extreme these last several um, months, more than a year, year and a half almost. And as I worked with them and I started to add monthly workshops and I started to recognize that the conversations I was having with each of my students on a regular basis dealing with, you know, managing life events, managing trauma, managing stress, and even just daily stuff, I started to recognize that I was giving the same kind of support and providing the same tools and teaching the same lessons, more or less, to everyone, regardless of what they were going through. And it was fascinating to me because I started to realize this philosophy, these principles, these tools, these very specific, you know, um, the healing journey is all about um, using journal writing to kind of retrain our, our thought patterns and our habits. And I was watching the most amazing growth happen before my eyes. Like these students are so so inspiring to me. They show up every week. They show up for themselves. They're consistent. Every month, uh, I see them and I, I, I start to hear them say the things that I've been saying to them. And I start to hear them like catch themselves and, you know, change their, their, the way that they talk about themselves and, and, the things they're going through. I started to see them make different choices and it was, it just, it's still right now, it gives me chills to see their growth. And what I started to feel was if this is helpful to anyone and just knowing the boundaries that I need for myself and the, the care and energy that I have for myself, um, is limited if I'm going to be able to help any more people, it would be really difficult because I do invest so much of my time. I, I am, I make myself so available for the students who want to show up. And because of that, I thought, okay, again, combining the fact that I've always been a writer, why not put this all in one resource? If I combine all of these same lessons and tools and reminders and resources and, and philosophies and principles and everything in one place. This way I can get it out into the world. If that's what I'm supposed to do with my time, if this is what I'm supposed to do, then this can help someone who I will never even know. And I may never even um, know I helped. And that person and people 
that's what this is for. That ability to help someone who I never would have had access to, to provide this information, to help them grow, to help them process trauma or move past things that they don't need to carry with them. That's ultimately where the inspiration came from. These students, their growth, these tools that I really believe in because I use them every day myself. Just being able to get this out and in front of as many different people as possible and those who are meant to learn from it and grow from it and be better versions of themselves for themselves from it, that's that's ultimately the intention and and I did. I did have plenty of times where I would question, am I really supposed to be doing this? This is really scary, putting myself and my words and my heart out there um, because I teach from my heart and I and I this is how I teach with people in front of me with this much passion and can it come through words on a page? Can it come through in in a book? Um, I hope so. That's where this came from. And that's every time I ask the question, if I'm supposed to be doing this, if I'm not, let's stop this and do something else that that never happened. So it ended up coming to fruition and um, becoming real. Talk to me for a moment about the services you offer. So I have um, Healthy Living by V is my um, business that I teach from right from healthylivingbyv.com has the services and rates um, where I teach yoga, the physical practice of yoga. The method that I teach from is Ashtanga yoga and I teach that twice a week <laughs> and I also offer monthly workshops twice a month right now. I teach breath and sutras, and that is a workshop on the second Friday of every month. And we go through right now, we're going through the path of the Yoka Sutras by Nikolai Bachman. And we really do just one chapter at a time. Um, it is a breath and sutras workshop. So I start off the first 15 minutes uh, um, with pranayama breathing exercises. And so it depends on who shows up, but um, we will do anywhere between two to six different breath work, breath exercises. And after that, the rest of the two-hour workshop is discussion, open discussion on whichever chapter we're discussing once we get through the um, the path, which uh, goes through so many of the principles of the Yoga Sutras, we will shift to going through one um, sutra at a time um, using any of the resources for the Yoga Sutras and any of the commentaries. The second monthly workshop that I teach can include the chakra workshop that is the same format actually as the healing journey. And that's a seven week workshop. So I have taught that over the span of seven months. 
Um, and that is something that I think I'll make available on an annual basis, but I haven't scheduled that yet. Um, and then finally, I do uh, offer one-on-one life coaching sessions. And for anyone, any students who are new to me, I do suggest a first session, an initial consultation, which would be complimentary um, up to the first 75 minutes, being able to get to know who you are and also for you to get to know me a little bit. I believe that, you know, we're, we're all so different. Everyone is so different. So it's wonderful that there are different teachers and counselors and guides available to us because there will be someone, um, just like there's so many different styles of yoga, there will be can be um, someone and something that drawn to. And so for those who are uh, for any reason drawn to me and I can actually connect with and hold space for in a way that that we both feel is healthy and there is um, some growth that can happen with that connection from that point on, um, depending on schedules, I, I, I would do regular life coaching sessions. And that can include everything from talking through the philosophies, talking through habits, creating new ones, maybe journal writing, meditations, journal writing period, um, pranayama breathing exercises, um, healing breath uh, sessions. It really depends on um, who I'm working with and what they are looking for and if it fits what I'm able to offer in the space I'm able to hold. Where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects? Thank you for that. Um, again, uh, healthylivingbyv.com is a good uh, first step because it has um, it does have an ability to connect with me directly. You can also read more um, through my blog. Um, you can order the Healing Journey through the um, HLBV shop on there. There's a contact me. Um, message block that you can use and that gives you a lot of information that my website gives a lot of information about me to see if there is um, something that that feels like I might be a good fit for um, us working together. Uh, I write very much the like the way I talk so um, even through this interview, you'd be able to get a really good feel for how I am in um, sessions and classes and workshops because this is exactly how I am. So healthylivingbyv.com is the best first uh, stop. If you're on Instagram, you can follow me at healthylivingbyv. And um, I do try to respond to direct messages or messages through my website very, very quickly. Um, you can also email me at healthylivingbyv at gmail.com. So should be easy to remember. It's all the same. <laughs> 
And, uh, yeah, I, I love connecting with people. And again, if, if we are a good fit for each other, for what you're looking for, if what I write about and talk about and share feels like it might be something, um, that you're looking for, then I would, I would love to connect. We're almost at the end of our conversation and I have two final questions for you. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? I really like this question also because I feel like I kind of live my life in this way already. So so the short answer is no, I, I wouldn't do anything differently um, if I knew for sure that I would die soon. Um, one of the things that I talk about in my classes and when I'm working with people is we, again, we don't know. It could be all over tomorrow. And I do try my best to live in a way that I would be okay if that happened. That every day that it doesn't happen, that I am grateful for it that I appreciate the people in my life, that I love them and send love to them and pray for them um, always, that I am present and aware and fully here as much as possible. I love on... Um, our baby girl, Bliss, she's our lab mix as much as possible. And I tell her I love her when I cuddle with her and pet her. I tell my husband all the time, um, Craig, we are fully here for each other. And I really don't invest my energy or time or um, any of my spirit into anything that I don't want to invest it in, that I don't feel called to invest it in. And that's, that's how I try to teach people to use these tools and resources is to just be better at doing that, <laughs> be better at um, living our lives so fully because we don't know. We don't know when. And and it, it really could be. It could be today. What are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Gosh, three things about life. I believe I've, I've said it. Um, number one being if we're here, if we're alive, because so many of us have lost have lost people we love in different ways. If we are here, there must be a reason. So that would be, that would be the number one thing. There must be a reason. Three things. Number two, I believe truly in our lives, the people we have at any given moment, at any time, is absolutely supposed to be there at that time and that there is also a reason for that. So I allow myself 
to adjust to how that shifts and adapt to the way relationships can change and be okay with it. Just like everything else, just being present and aware and authentic enough to say, if there is a shift in our relationships, there's a reason for those who are around and we have connected with and can appreciate and value that we do our best to um, maintain those. And if for any reason it's not reciprocated, be able to um, let that go too. So it's if it's all coming from a place of love, and maybe that's the third thing about life that I, I really feel I know for sure everything we do must come from a place of love if we're going to live fully, live authentically, um, experience joy in any way. So um, I think I answered your, your question there, but regardless of what life looks like, what we think it looks like, our perception of it, as long as we can live in a way that we believe we are here for a reason, that we have the people in our lives that we do for a reason or don't, and that everything we do can come from a place of love, that we can live fully, we can live authentically, and we can be truly the best version of ourselves possible. Thank you so much for your presence, for sharing your wisdom and doing what you do. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Vernette V. Ayers and her work, please visit healthylivingbyv.com. more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.